So here's the way I see it, guys. And you guys can tell me if you guys see it a little bit differently. Um, but here is what I see that we've been developing here together as a group of a way of thinking through um, our path uh, to financial freedom. So really, I think we have this going on right now. We're all here like on this mission. And this mission that we're on here together is we want financial freedom and we want it fast. Yeah. Then we have, we say, well, great. Well, in what way are we going to get financial freedom? We're going to get it by looking at best practices. I say, what are the best practices of, uh, of the ways that we've seen real estate investors or investors just like us get, get to financial freedom? Royal Legal Solutions helps out here. Why? It's because we work with over 2,000 real estate investors and other investors all over the country. And so we get to see what are the predictable things that people are doing uh, to success. This best practice turns into our values, right? Our mission is we want to get fast to financial freedom. Our value says, how are we going to do it? We're going to get there by utilizing best practices. How do we know their best practices? Because we've seen thousands of people use these types of approaches here in the past. So great. Where does that take us to? The next thing that we need on our path to financial freedom here is something that we like to call inside of this company. We like to call it awareness. You need to be aware of what's happening and what's your best way to be aware. These are with your numbers, your critical numbers, your critical financial numbers. And if you're saying, well, how do I know what my critical financial numbers are? Well, this will be your first time getting introduced to the financial freedom calculator. We're not going to be going over that calculator here today. We have uh, training up on the financial freedom calculator as well as uh, a number of videos and other things that Liz uh, would be able to help connect you with to getting into how can I get to my critical financial numbers that if I focus on these numbers, it's going to get me to financial freedom um, even faster. Once we know our critical numbers of financial freedom, um, then we say, well, great. Well, what are the things I need to do next? And today there's, there's a few critical things you need to do, which is where you would see it on our homepage. You guys have all seen something that looks like this, right? We call it our financial freedom uh, temple, right? Uh, it's right there on the homepage of royallegalsolutions.com. And that tells you all of the critical subject matter areas or critical considerations you need into getting to financial freedom. Today, what we're gonna be talking about is some of those pillars that we have is, a, is the pillars of financial freedom. One of those that we've always talked about historically is asset protection, yeah? Asset protection is what helps you once you're sued, right? Once you're sued, and it can prevent lawsuits based because of anonymity, right? We've all heard that those discussions about the series LLCs, how are we going to use anonymous trust to be able to help protect all of our assets and hide them to prevent lawsuits from getting filed because it's going to look like you qualify for food stamps on paper. And guess what? People who look like they qualify for food stamps don't get sued. And even if they do sue, they're going to get little to nothing. That's what our asset protection systems come into place. But there's something else that happens first. It's my favorite thing to rely on because somebody else pays for it. And that's what we're looking for is insurance. Insurance is fantastic. It's like I get to go out there and say, listen, I don't want to pay for that. Chris, remember when I bought you that hot dog at the fair last week? You get to pay the million dollar claim that came out of this. Insurance is so cheap for the kind of protection it provides. And it's amazing because what it's able to do for us is say, hey, somebody else just go handle it, right? The moment we get into a lawsuit, now we have to hire attorneys and we have to do all of this other work that, that comes into our lives. And even even though we know we're going to get to a great outcome because we put the right asset protection in place, wouldn't it be great if somebody else just handled it and paid for it, right? Wouldn't that be great? And that's what insurance is doing for us. It's our first, easiest, best line of defense. It's where you get the most value for every dollar that you spend. And, and that's why I believe in being very, very well insured. Why? Because remember, the game is about how do we use best practices for steady growth to financial freedom. What we're looking for is a system of wealth building that allows us to be able to go continually up and to the right. Right. One way that we think about doing that historically has been through our real estate investing. We think those are safe assets that grow and appreciate year over year. We get passive in that comes into it. Fantastic. Right. When we're talking about insurance here today is an uh, is another way to be able to make sure that whatever we make, we keep. Asset protection is one way to do that. Insurance is your best first line of defense. If I only had a dollar to spend, I would spend the dollar on insurance, right? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what's cool about that's new and different that we're able to offer here 
um, at Royal Insurance. Now, I know a couple of people have come in through our process before um, and had some conversations, some initial conversations with us. Um, those conversations, I hope, uh, went really well. What we found out before was like, holy smokes, the scope of the, the, scope of the things that our people need help with are big, big, big things, right? We have people that come in and say, hey, listen, I just want one property or two properties that I need, uh, you know, a, a, a property and casualty quote on for this rental property or a home that I have uh, or a boat that I own or an automobile. And then we had some people that came in initially and said, hey, I got a hundred houses. And we're like, whoa, we have to rethink how we can handle that kind of volume. So now what we've done is we've learned from those initial people that we've talked to, we've reformulated um, our fulfillment or our ability to be able to handle volume um, at any volume level now um, and any type of uh, servicing uh, request uh, that we have. We've partnered with some uh, amazing companies that are going to uh, basically work in-house of our systems um, to be able to uh, handle that. So uh, I'm going to thank everybody who's reached out to us so far. I also want to reaffirm if you have reached out to us here in the past, Aaron's going to be reaching out to you here to re-engage um, on those. But if you don't hear from Aaron, please re reach out to us and re-engage uh, with you um, on what we can do for you uh, there. Because I think you're going to see at the end of this call that it we can really, really help simplify your life and uh, save you uh, quite a bit of time and time is money. And I think we're actually going to be able to beat a lot of the rates too because of the, the volume types of transactions that we're able to put through that no other insurance provider is going to uh, be able to do because of the scope of the number of clients that we have and, and how active uh, you all are as investors. Okay, so let me show you a little bit about what it is that we put together so far. All right. So this is the way that I look at what we have going on and how we would typically view um, our insurance, our different types of insurance needs um, as real estate investors, yeah? So the first thing that I always looked at here, this was gonna be like our property insurance. This is typically where you're gonna have like your, your house, right? These are where we would always say, great, well, all of us here on this call, we have properties, whether they're single family residences, commercials, apartment complexes or whatever, we have property insurance needs. And the great thing is, is no matter what those needs are, we, are going, we have the insurance providers to be able to help those needs, no matter what state they're in and no matter how many you have, right? So we would be able to be a one-stop shop for you on all of the property insurance needs. Now, when we talk about what this property um, insurance, how do we typically look at that? Um, well, one thing is I look at as my property insurance, this is like my belt, right? I like to use like a belt and suspenders approach. You're going to hear me talk about this. This is going to be my belt, meaning like this is the thing that keeps my pants up, right? Like I have to have property insurance. It's so important. In fact, they even banks make you have to make you do it, right? Um, the issue when we look at property insurance, right? These costs are going to be variable and that depends upon states. As you can imagine, like if you have a house in Kentucky, that's really different risk than a house that's on the beach of Florida, right? So you should expect like these types of costs to be variable. But the ways that you get this, this variable cost to be better is volume, right? And that's going to be true in all insurance relationships. So even if you're negotiating with your own agent on your own or you're working with us, the key thing here is going to be saying like, well, if I can get them more volume, will they be able to get better rates? The advantage you get with working with us and being part of essentially our collective that we have with Royal Insurance is that you get the benefit of the volume of all of us together pulling through one source instead of having to pull it together um, on your own. So the first thing I'd say everybody, you know, cr absolutely critical piece for you to have is going to be um, that uh, property insurance. Now, we also are able to offer another type of insurance here that might be applicable to some people and not others. And this is typically where we're looking at different type of like business, business insurance or business umbrella policies. Now, business insurance and business umbrella, you might say, well, well what in the heck would I possibly need like a business insurance or a business uh, umbrella policy for? Well, it's typically what you're looking for on these types of insurance as you're looking for like, okay, what happens if my manager leaves, right? That's called key man insurance. Can I insure against the fact that I have a critical employee that left my company? Yep. Yeah, you can. This is called key man. You have, a, you have a key person that leaves, they leave the company, you know, what, what or something happens to them, you know, what can you do there, right? Then you'd have like a general liability policy that says, well, what happens if somebody gets like a customer gets hurt at my store? 
you know, what am I going to do with that? Well, we typically, most of us don't have stores. So maybe general liability policies like aren't really that applicable. And then the, the last one that you want to look for is like, what happens if somebody gets into like an accident? What happens if, the, if, if we get into an accident here, me or another employee have an accident on the premises? What can, can we be insured from that? So these two things, unless you're actually having like an active storefront or customers coming in, you probably don't have to worry about these uh, too much. If you have an active business, um, that you're looking for, that would be like a key man insurance, like a manager um, to come in. Um, but if you have no business, don't worry about the business insurance. Uh, typically, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to do you uh, a ton um, of uh, good without a business in place, as you can imagine. The next piece of insurance that we're able to offer inside of what we do, here's what we would just call these, we call this is like our personal umbrella policies. Our personal umbrella policies, these are our suspenders. So what happens is if your property insurance uh, doesn't cover you, your belt doesn't cover you, then your personal umbrella policy, your suspenders comes in. The great things about these is these are very cheap, right? Why are they so cheap? Is because they come second in line from the property insurance that you would have, right? Your property insurance would cover you from anything that's primary, anything else, it's your personal umbrella policy uh, comes in to protect you. Now, where is that? Yeah, go ahead. I, I want I want to just, I know you're on a roll, but with your umbrella, if, you're, if your underlying policy doesn't cover you, your umbrella is not gonna cover you. So we gotta make sure that that underlying policy is, is paying out something is is accepting the claim before your umbrella pays out right yeah your so umbrella like, doesn't pay out anything if you don't have that underlying yeah that's right um yeah thanks for pointing that out Aaron so when we talk about here these are like your other types of personal insurance right you typically refer to like your auto your boat if you have a plane you'd have a plane here and you'd say well great I, if I have an underlying policy for my cars or my boats, planes or whatever that case may be, might also want to get like a personal umbrella policy that flexes in to say, well, maybe my auto insurance coverage only covers me up to say 35,000. But what happens if I have a million dollar claim? Well, now my personal umbrella policy steps in with a million dollars of coverage. And guess what? That million dollar coverage might only cost me like $350 a year, right? So it's just a way of ensuring for a small amount of money, you're able to take your policies here and juice them up in a way for a little tiny amount of money and say, well, cool, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm appropriately covered in all of my individual policies, but I got some suspenders, right? I'm appropriately covered on an accident in my pro, uh, my. Uh, my my home my rental of this this property, but I'm also personally covered with like this backstop, right? Now beyond this, and there's the other um, other pieces that we look into uh, for our insurance when we're looking at um, uh, we look for when we look at these types of insurance. The last piece for us to talk about here is the last spoke of this. This is what I would refer to as like legacy protection. Um, and then you'd call this referred to like, typically this would refer to like as a life insurance policies, right? Um, typically when we're looking at what is appropriate for life insurance policy, the reason why I'm really bullish on saying um, why we should all have life insurance policies is because what happens is, is we have to like zoom out, right? What is the meta of what this is all about. We started this conversation with saying, hey, this is really about financial freedom, right? I'm really looking to accelerate my path to financial freedom. How can I do that? But the meta behind that typically is I'm creating some type of legacy for my children or something that's gonna exist beyond me, right? I wanna care for my family. I wanna care for those things, right? So what does that mean if you don't have a life insurance policy in place? That means you have to have significant cash, usually about, I'd say like 10% of your portfolio sitting in cash because when you die, guess what? Bills start, they don't stop attorney bills, tax bills, like everything else, right? A bunch of cash is needed at that point. So what is it that you end up having to do at that point if you don't have significant cash reserves is you end up having to start selling assets. And guess what? They have to sell assets fast and they have to sell assets while they're dealing with your death. It's terrible, right? It's a terrible thing to have to go through. And likely what will happen is part of your legacy then gets cannibalized 
because it wasn't adequately prepared for. I don't like leaving a bunch of cash. Why? Because my cash are my soldiers. When I look at my financial freedom calculator, my cash is the thing that I'm looking for is how does my net worth influence my passive income? And I'm targeting to keep that number above 4% for me. The average real estate investor has it at 1% or less. I like to target above 4%. So we need to have that cash in play. And it's cheaper to have that cash in play and buy life insurance than it is just to hold on uh, to the cash. And there's really cool ways, actually, that you can take that cash, buy a life insurance policy, and then loan yourself money so you have cash flow and liquidity from the life insurance policy. That life insurance policy is then able to pay you a, a return on investment. Um, and it's also a, you're also able to take that cash and redeploy it into more investments. So you get like a death benefit, an immediate return, and a secondary return through some of these life insurance strategies. So there's just really sophisticated ways of protecting your legacy in a way that doesn't uh, materially impact your path to financial freedom and lets you cover off on some big downside risks um, that could happen. Uh, there with your family. So what I'm looking for typically when I'm thinking about uh, my life insurance here is what I do is I try to keep it about 10% of my estate, right? I, I think that it, it, it typically costs about 10% of your estate uh, for, you know, you're talking about like attorneys, taxes, there's, you know, change of title issues, right? There's all kinds of, of fees that come in. And so I like to say, well, it's about 10% of your estate, depending on your state of state, but like use this as a best fit rule. And then what I also like to do is say, well, I need at least 10% of my total estate. The other thing that I want is I want $50,000 uh, per kid per year until 21. So if I have a 10 year old, that means I got 11 years at $50,000. So I mean, I need an extra $550,000 in life insurance um, apart from the 10% of my estate. The reason why is because I just want to make sure that I have enough money from the life insurance policy to fund this trust to make sure the kid's going to be taken care of. The, when you were talking about the total number of dollars here, $550,000 in life insurance is almost nothing right? It, it costs you barely anything to have this type of extra protection. So if you guys want to like use this analogy as like the belt suspenders, right? This is our belt, right? Uh, we have underlying policies, our personal policies and our pro property policies. Those are our two belts. What do we use for suspenders? Our suspenders are our uh, umbrella policies. That gives us the extra line of defense here. Same thing here with the life insurance, right? Your belt is your 10% of your estate going to cover all these fees. My suspenders is making sure that I'm going to guarantee you that my kids are at least going to have enough money coming in to the age of 21 to make sure that they're fully supported. Um, after 20, uh, 21, um, I'm going to trust that they're going to be uh, have enough together to make sure that it's going to be okay. This is really just a plan to say, I don't know how the future is going to unfold, but I can have a set it or forget it type of system and know that it's going to be fine. That comes with it. Um, great. So there's a couple of extra, um, there's more details that I can dive into, um, but I wanted to go ahead and just start the conversation off since this is, uh, we've, we're introducing, I think here is this is probably a new idea, a new way uh, that people on this call might be thinking about insurance between like the different types of belts, how you can get really cheap suspenders and how you can start to plan for what can life, how does life insurance bracket out for what it is that I need. Um, as well as being able to cover off on questions here that you might have for us. You might be looking for things as like, um, like if you're the sole breadwinner, when you look at personal, well, what happens if I get disabled, right? What happens if I get in a bad car accident and I'm the, the, the primary breadwinner of my family and I'm disabled and I can't work? Well, how long, uh, how long is everything going to be okay, right? And here's, here's a fun question for you. When you think back at how long you could go on vacation right now with your business, how long do you think you could go on vacation right now and still have everything be fine? Right? The average person I talk to gives me about two weeks, about two weeks to four weeks where they're like, ah, stuff's going to start feeling shaky. By the time we start getting into months, things are starting to get really uh, like, well, I hope somebody knows how to step in to control it because really who's actually controlling most of the finances right now? That's you, isn't it? 
right? It's you're the one that's actually the person that's driving most of the things forward. You know where the contacts are at, how to get to the bank accounts, how to do everything, uh, how to make sure the deals are going to work right, whatever, right? You're the one that's going to make the rainmaking of the money happen. So if you end up in a hospital, right, hopefully you have an estate plan in place. If you set up through Royal Legal Solutions that has a healthcare power of attorney and has your durable power of attorney set up. So that way your trusted person, your spouse, maybe, or somebody else can step in to start to control some of those assets. But you might expect that your income is going to drop significantly during that time, because guess what? If you could have just hired somebody or turned over the keys to that business to somebody else and have it run exactly the same, you would have already done it, I bet, right? Because who wouldn't have? So how do you cover that gap to make sure the family is protected financially while you're recovering? And, it, and the answer to that is the, the types of disability insurance, personal disability insurance, which if whoever is the primary breadwinner of the family should have something in there that says, great, if something happens to me, the money still keeps flowing into the family to keep the family afloat. So we're not doing a double duty, which is, hey, dad's in the hospital because he did that rad backflip off the, off the skis out in Keystone this year. Uh, and we're trying to figure out how to make ends meet while he's recovering from that. That is rad, but we got to still have money coming in. Right. And that's what your insurance can help you cover in that place. Right. So those are the ways that I balance out saying, OK, our belt is disability insurance. The suspenders is making sure you have a great life insurance policy that comes into place. Chris, fill us in on your thoughts so far, brother. Oh, I, I just love what you're saying, Scott. Uh, I just feel it so much. I, I mean, in regards to getting disabled and making sure your loved ones are you know, covered. Um but I just want to make a couple of comments about uh, insurance. Uh, some are one is kind of obvious, but you got to be careful of. And that's, you know, just because you have an umbrella, uh, make sure you let them know that you have rental property, because some people have the, uh, are under the impression that if they get sued and they've got their underlying insurance and let's say that has a limit, but your, your umbrella is much higher, that your umbrella is going to cover you. But um, if you don't tell them about your rental property, they might have consider that an exclusion. So make sure that uh, you include it on that. Um, shoot, there was another important thing here. Oh, oh another thing too is that, uh, you know, I, I'm finding there's a lot of policies out there. And one of the ones I have, I, I, I unfortunately had a house that uh, burned down, an arsonist uh, targeted another house and targeted ours. and my current policy does not cover, only covers, uh, they consider arson, vandalism, and mischief. And I only have a cap of $30,000. Um, we're fighting them for it right now. But, you know, when I think vandalism, I think, you know, a gallon of paint on your front door. I don't think somebody burning down your house. A couple of eggs, right? It's not somebody yeah. like, ah, I like exactly. when it comes to stuff. When I spray your house with gasoline and it turn into an inferno on the side of the street, that's beyond. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Now I can, I can smile about this because fortunately this was a cheaper house. And even if I only got 30 and I just sold the land, I'll I'll make more than my money back, but it's really started making me think about, you know, some of my other properties and are they adequately covered? So sometimes the cheapest policy might be that way for a reason because there's so many exclusions that they never pay you out. So just uh, be careful of that. Yeah, I love that, Chris. I know that you had talked to us a little bit before about some of your insurance uh, needs coming through. And I know that that's something that Aaron's excited about is working um, with people at your level of, of volume and what that looks like it for it. So, um, so I'm really excited to work with you on that because I know that's going to help us dial in a lot of these key points as they come into it. Because I know that this is such a key focus for uh, what's important to you is making sure that like, hey, life continues up into the right and have as little problems as possible. And that's exactly what we're going for as core to our mission uh, with, the, uh, with the insurance here too. Um, one of the key things that we've set up as uh, just a structural piece of Royal Insurance that might be a little different than everybody might be used to is that we said, listen, let's let's do a really different approach to how insurance works. One, let's make it uh, holistic uh, for that we can offer uh, volumes and services and how can we do everything inside of one house such that Aaron's role in the company really becomes as a consultant and a facilitator. So what we did is we partnered with uh, with networks of providers that are specialists and have their own specialists and coaches and whatnot that work on, as we'd call as like in the industry, you'd call like a subject matter expert for each individual type of policy. Yeah. And so then Aaron's role becomes really interesting because it says, great, that person's the subject matter expert. 
I'm now educated through all of their materials to know exactly how that can work and who's that appropriate for, right? And I know that when we go and do this work, we're going to be working with that partner to be able to underwrite that policy and, and get it pushed through. And then my role, me being Aaron in this scenario, is to be knowledgeable about the landscape of all of the things that could be appropriate for you and making sure that you have the exact right relationship. And if it's not the right relationship, I find you a new relationship of what it's gonna be, right? And it's in this way that we hope to be able to bring a concierge class type of service that's holistic and still and price competitive uh, to uh, everybody here, right? And to like the, the average uh, real estate investor. So essentially it's the same, um, the same type of thinking you might've heard me express before, which is how can I make your life as a real estate investor as easy as possible? Well, in my life, it's always been, I got a single person that I talk to, they know who everybody else needs to be. They're making sure that I'm having the appropriate conversations and I can talk to them about strategically, does this make sense without feeling like I'm in this game with a sales agent, right? That I'm like, that person's trying to convince me to go into a certain policy. So we've structured things with Aaron and inside of Royal Insurance to avoid some of those issues and to provide a true concierge type feel um, with our endeavor to get there. Now we're early on in this process, right? So I expect we have a lot of dialing it in that's going to happen here. But um, but so far, what we've seen here is we've seen um, these these people being able to offer us uh, unlimited access to them for information, education, et cetera. Uh, we've seen them be able to have turn times around on policies as little as two hours. We've heard that we've we've had represented from that. It's like we can take in an unlimited number of volume for quoting. Um, and that says, well, man, that's awesome because that means you're so dialed in on your end that we really get to go to the higher level with Aaron and myself inside of the Royal Insurance team by about thinking like strategically and being able to position options of what's going to make the most sense without feeling like we only have one shoe that we got to get everybody into one shoe for this for this company to make sense. Like, nope, as a concierge, we're able to do holistic types of, of thinking and servicing and support uh, that comes with it. Yeah, Chris, hit me with it. What do you got? Um, a couple of things. One is uh, it, if you have umbrella insurance, and, and in some regards, I feel you're crazy if you don't. Um, for a while there, you know, well, umbrella insurances will require you to have a certain policy minimum on your on your main policy, but You've also got to be careful that if you've got umbrella insurance, and let's say you paid a little bit more for your underlying policy, there really isn't any reason, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, to be above that minimum. Uh, and because you might be paying more insurance than you need to, you might be getting a sense like double coverage. If you have umbrella policy that will pick up after 250000 and yet your underlying policy is you know, five hundred or a million, you may be paying more too much for insurance. Uh, but it's, my question to you, Scott, is on that topic of paying too much for insurance. Let's say you do have quite a few dozen properties um, and uh, you know your biggest concern is liability, uh, but structural, your policy is, you know, you're paying so much insurance that if one house burned down a year, you could pay for it with how much you're paying for insurance. So maybe you only pay liability. I mean, have you seen people do that? Do you have any feelings regarding that? So I'll, I'll kick this over to Aaron, but here's what I'll tell you, first of all, right? That comes into it. Number one, as anybody in the insurance field, right? The moment that anybody would say, oh, well, you need less insurance, right? Now, all of a sudden, they become liable if anything were to happen that was wrong, right? So what you're never going to hear is somebody in the insurance field be like, you need less insurance, right? So the types of questions that you're asking, though, are the right types of questions, right? This is what I, my own my own journey has got the same point, which is, well, what is essential, right? Is it that I only need to meet the cap that I need to to make sure my umbrella policy covers and say, is that what I should do? And then there's a secondary part of your question that I'll answer for you, which has to do with self-insuring or insurance captives and how some people are using those, uh, those vehicles. But Aaron, why don't I take question number two? Why don't you quit take question number one here, which is about like, what do those underlying policies need to be before umbrellas, uh, before you would start to rely on your umbrella policies and strategically, how do you, how do, how should people be thinking through what is the essential and what is the most cost efficient way for them to get the, the best coverage? I think that's what I understood from Chris's question. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I got it. Yeah, well, the first one was more of a statement, but uh, please correct me if I'm wrong on that. Why pay more than the minimum uh, if you've got the umbrella on top of it? Okay. Okay. So I will, I will answer that. So why pay more? There is no reason to. 
Now, being an insurance agent, being in the insurance field, like Scott said, you're never going to hear one of us say, hey, you need less insurance. You're never going to hear me say that, but I am going to recommend, you know, okay, currently you have $500,000 in liability on this property. Let's, let's go to this other policy. Okay. Um, let's, let's transition your portfolio to this other policy because if I tell you, Hey, you need less insurance. And then you have something happen. You have a claim, you have, uh, an accident, something happens and either you aren't covered or your policy isn't big enough. You don't have enough coverage. And so you personally end up owing some money because of this claim. You're going to come and sue me because I said, hey, you don't need that much insurance, right? And so it, it's, it's like this given. I, I think if it's, it's like documented, you know what the risk is. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting idea, Chris, but here's your risk. But my mind was more. If you've got a yeah. policy and you've got an umbrella and the minimum of the policy for the umbrella to kick in is 250 and you're paying 500 for the original then policy. Then, then yeah, and that's exactly right. And that's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to say, you know, hey, we've you got your umbrella. Your umbrella the, the, the long and short of it, right, is that we're all, our targets are to say, how do we get the maximum amount of coverage with the minimum cost? The way we understand how to get that is by hitting minimums and having huge umbrella policies because umbrella policies provide us a bunch more coverage that's way more diverse for a lot less money, right? right. Typically, that's exactly right. right. So, but we have to have underlying policies to hit the minimums. So, we're, so, so the long and the story short of that journey, what you should expect when you come in is we're when you ask us questions like, well, is that enough insurance or not or whatever? We can't really answer that question, right? It exposes liability. What you can expect us to say is, hey, we're meeting the minimums here and we have this much umbrella policy. We have typically, most people have at least 1 million, sometimes up to three to 5 million in umbrella policies because it's just not that expensive to have the umbrella policies. And you say, great. Can you imagine a scenario in your life where you would get sued for more than $5 million? And he's like, probably not. You know, it's like, great. So does that make you feel comfortable? Yeah, it does. And you might say, well, do you think that's good? And we're going to say, I can't answer that question. You know, like I can tell you what mo most people do, but I can't tell you what you should do. Right. So that's the fine line. I know it sounds like a bunch of hokey nonsense, right. That comes into it, but Hey, listen, what would you expect from a firm that specializes in litigation? and how litigation and protection works, right? And so you can imagine that that's what we're doing, right? And that's why we have it structured in this way is because we want everybody to come in to have the feeling that we're on your side for it the whole way through the process. And that the way that we make money is by helping accelerate the growth of all of the investors and getting into more properties because that's more policies. We don't need to make more money on one individual policy, right? We're gonna win by having exceptional experiences. Uh, with all of our with all of our people, and that's what we're looking for um, in that in that field. Um, so the second question too is like, what happens when you're at that place where you're like, hey, I'm spending more on insurance um, than I could be just handling it on my own? I think that happens when you have like higher volumes, right, and, and higher dollar figures that come through, right? So I've seen people do two things. I've heard of people doing um, self-insurance. I've also heard of people uh, pulling together with uh, similar businesses to get into insurance captives, which I believe have about a $250,000 minimum that come into. If you're at those income levels, um, I would recommend looking into it. If you're spending sig really significant dollars and uh, in insurance, maybe like triple digits is probably a good place to have as like a benchmark um, for when it makes sense to start looking into insurance captives and pulling together with other similar business owners. Um, it can be any type of business as well. The insurance captives are really cool because basically what you do is you pay into your own insurance fund. That insurance fund can then turn around and make investments with it, right? But it all the all the all the money you pay into that insurance fund is a write-off to your business, right? So you get the tax deduction on the front end. You're also then able to turn around and make investments with those. Those investments don't pay any. In my understanding is those investments don't pay any taxes either because that it's all owned by the insurance policy, right? And the insurance policy has like a cash value to it. So if you're at the right income levels and you want to talk about captive insurance. 
Um, we can we can do a whole nother segment on that if we get enough interest. Yeah. If enough people end up reaching out to Aaron and say, hey, I want to learn more about this, then we'll, we'll pull in the people. It'll be Aaron, myself, probably a subject matter expert from our network to come in and say, hey, great, let's have a presentation on this. And that way the full team has collaborated with the community on, hey, this is how this works and how it works in the royal way of thinking um, about that, right? So what, if that's an interest for you, whether it's going to be, uh, you know, index you know, universal life policies, those types of life insurance policies that I told you guys about before, which is how can you buy a life insurance policy and then be able to loan yourself, how, how to have that, your life insurance policy pay uh, a return, be able to loan you money out of that life insurance policy and get millions of dollars in a death benefit um, from it. If you're interested in something like that, that those are called index universal life policies, uh, whole life policies. Um, we can do like a presentation on those if we want to. Um, we're also able to um, pull in things about here, the captives, but what we need is feedback, right? What we need to have like valuable conversations and have valuable discussions with everybody is feedback on, hey, this is what we want to learn more about. Um, and Aaron is a person in your life that is all things insurance for you, I hope, right? That's our intention. Is be able to let Aaron go do all the legwork through his network to pull in the right people for us to push into these group calls to have the good facilitated group conversation about what an opportunity that looks like, um, as well as be able to help you personally, help guide you through, here's exactly what you uh, what you would need to do uh, to be able to execute on covering off on your risks in the most uh, efficient um, way. So that's my, our goal is make Aaron your go-to guy, right? Anything just like we are for hopefully with anything that's asset protection and tax related, thinking about new things or exploring new concepts, Great. You have a trusted source to come to that can help you think through that. And here, Aaron's going to provide that for all of us here on the insurance front, um, as well to be as your uh, as well to be your quarterback on making sure that everything is going to be right. Because I don't know about you guys, but I hate getting five quotes for everything that I want to do. Right. Uh, and I've loved working with Aaron uh, into it. I was the first uh, test subjects actually through these systems uh, to say like, oh, my God, man, this is so much easier and better uh, than having to actually call up and talk to agents myself and have to quarterback um, all that info. Um, great, guys. So we have a few minutes um, here left today. Um, I want to make sure to answer any questions or just flag the topics for discussion or things that we want to uh, make sure to cover off on in our future insurance um, types of needs uh, to be able to help better guide Aaron and what needs to come next. Um, I don't know. Who should we call on? I guess we'll call on Chris. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. If the times there and I have questions, I'm going to, I'm going to ask. I love them. it, dude. Yeah, you seem real man, buddy. Yeah. We're going to bring you onto the show. We're going to have to like make you like a Royal Legal Solutions, like honorary uh, person into it. Get you a baseball cap. You know? I love it. Perfect. I, I'm looking forward to that cap. All right. I better get it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, what do we got? I wanted to get some uh, clarification on when you say on the insurance cap, as you said, six figures. Was that just to clarify? Did you mean six figures in income, not six figures in what I'm paying out for insurance, right? My understanding is that you typically run into having needing a minimum to get these captives going of $250,000 in, in premiums that you're paying. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so the way that typically works is most people don't have that many, right? Have that yeah. much in premiums. So what they'll do then is say, well, who's in similarly situated businesses or real estate that I am? I'm a partner with four of those guys that get to the 250. Aaron, I don't want to talk too far out of school here. I'm not an expert on captives. The last time that I had a conversation with this with a SME on it was about a year ago. I know we can pull one into the group and really get into the details of it. Um, it's really going to be applicable only, of course, to the higher net worth, uh, um, bigger investors, right, that are paying that much. Um, and insurance is, is typically what I've seen in the past. Uh, we might be able to find out, shit, I don't even know, man. Maybe we might be able to find out a way to be able to do this as like a royal legal captive and pull the, everybody together into it. I don't know um, yet about what might be possible over there, but things that we can look into. Aaron, in terms of just, you know, not speaking to anything that you don't know an answer to, but is there any um, additional information that you think would be helpful for Chris and his study of this? Um, so yeah, it's, it's the, there's, there, there's the two different things like I was saying, the captive and then self-insured and self-insured is different than what you think when you say self-insurance, right? So you're still paying a premium. You're still doing that. Um, and there are some really, there, there are some guys on our team that have all of that information in their head or at the touch of their fingers, and they'll be able to answer all those questions. 
And is that, is I, that too, like, would that process be then, let's say Chris wanted uh, help with this type of issue that would come in through, mm-hmm. would the process be as a, you know, Chris contacts you and says, hey man, I'm looking at a ways that I can reduce how much I'm paying with my my liability, with my liability insurance here with my properties. Right. I still want to make sure I'm fully covered. You know, what are my options? And you'd say, well, great, well, we can quote you out, maybe even like a better offering that you'd have underneath your existing model, but maybe we can get you into better rates or better coverage. But by the way, let's also set up meetings with uh, the captive insurance SMEs and the um, the self-insured SMEs. And let's get into those meetings and I can help get into those meetings with you and we can start to explore what's going to make the most sense out of those three options that we have, or maybe just sticking with what you currently have. Is that's that exactly that kind of what you're thinking? Yep. That's Chris, exactly what we're is, is that the type of thing that you would think that's the way that we've envisioned this business model working, right? And this cus- this journey and this way that we can be supportive mm-hmm. for people. Is that, a, is that a method by which you would say like, cool, that sounds great. That's something that I'd want to do. Or is there something else that you're looking for in terms of like support for helping you get to that uh, answer to that question that you're trying to get to? Oh, hey, look, anytime you can get advice from people that you... Uh... That, that, that you trust, uh, I'll take it. Um, so, uh, I mean, you guys have already spent tons of time developing that trust. So if you have something that you think would benefit me, I'm all yours and we'll give you time to do that. So absolutely. Uh, and I believe we kind of already did that. I mean, we had a, a little bit of a conference call. We went over, you know, some of the, you know, the benefits and, and I, I think we're still kind of figuring those things out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. So I think that'd be our next steps then guys is to have uh, the two of you connect and then start to schedule out those meetings with the, the SMEs on the team, Aaron. Um, and then uh, feel free to join me to those meetings too. I'm really interested in exploring the strategic modeling around insurance. The more I get into insurance, the more I'm blown away about how many things that you can do, right? When it comes into like how efficiently you can cover off on risks to like, how can I be strategically thinking about my life insurance policy being an investment mechanism for me, um, as well as other types of um, money making uh, types of strategies that we're starting to even cover off on here that I didn't plan on covering today, which is around captive insurance and uh, even even other things that are possible out there. I mean, there's even things that we're we're taking meetings on right now for our fulfillment meetings as we continue to expand our knowledge base of what are all of the things we can do that even come down into things that are like term life insurance that allows a return of premium. I would say, hey, great, you're going to pay out premiums to this life insurance policy over the, and it's going to give you coverage for 10 years. But at the end of 10 years, we'll give you all the money back from the premiums. But you still had coverage during that full time. And I was like, that's mind blowing. That's like getting something for free, essentially. Right. So all different types of ways to be able to cover off on risks um, that can help uh, help you associate with the risks are going to be with the financial benefits. So in breaking today, though, what I want to turn us all back towards um, before I give you the prompt on, you know, here's what to do next, is that I want to loop us back towards the, the major concepts we talked about, which was, what are we in the game of? We're in the game of how do we accelerate our path to financial freedom, right? How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by following best practices. I mean, one of the best practices we follow, we follow is things should be going up and to the right. How do we make avoid major setbacks? How are we going to measure how fast or how good we are in that pursuit? That's our financial freedom calculator, right? That's that tool that you guys have developed a number of training and talked about a number of times. If you haven't seen that tool or that training, please reach out to the staff uh, and make sure you get access to that training because that tool will then tell you, here's what's happening with the finances. And when you're talking about insurance, what are we talking about? It's money spent to cover off on risk right? So what we'll be looking back at is whatever insurance option you do, we will be thinking about that financial freedom calculator, which is how is this going to impact or accelerate my path to financial freedom, right? So I want to just tie that into everybody. The purpose of insurance isn't to buy insurance. That's not the purpose of insurance. That's not the purpose of this call even. The purpose of this call is to accelerate our path to financial freedom in a way that's more durable, right? Into it. And the way that we're going to do that is by constantly thinking about the finances. Finances should always be top of mind for us. The best financial tool that we have is our financial freedom calculator. If all you do with one financial analysis, if all you can do is that financial freedom calculator, you will be following the tool that is people that are in the million to 5 million net worth range 
that it usually takes them about there before they get into a tool like that. And it accelerates the path. It accelerated my path tremendously once I started having awareness of that tool. Because you would not believe the power of awareness, the power of looking at those key financial metrics every quarter and just saying, hey, I don't want to pay 22% in tax. How can I get my 22% tax rate down to 15? How can I get it to 10? Who can I talk to that's currently doing it at 10% inside of the group? Holy smokes, somebody in the group told me they're at a 0% tax. How in the world were they able to do that? And the way that you're able to get into the better conversations, network with the right people, know what decisions that you need to make, all comes from the finances. Your finances are the number one tool to tell you what you need to do, who you need to connect with, and what you need to focus on. The great part is you don't actually need to know what to do. You just need to know what your finances look like and to say, this is what I want. I'm at 22%. I want 10%. Great. You've now activated the reticular activator in your brain and you will start to scan for opportunities, connections, and information that will help that drive that tax rate down. Conversely, if you're not looking at those numbers, guess what happens? You never activated your brain to help it passively start looking for what are the opportunities that are going to get me to where I need to be. The power of the financial freedom calculator is it distills it down in just a few points. So you don't have very much to focus on. Typically, it's only three numbers. Passive income, net worth, tax liability, and expenses are in there too, right? Taxes and expenses. Yeah. So that's all you need to do. So if you haven't filled out the financial freedom calculator, that's your number one piece of homework. Your number two piece of homework is going to be reaching out to Royal Legal Solutions, the team, if you haven't done so already, to be able to talk about the, the key figures in that calculator, as well as the asset protection pieces and other things uh, that we're able to offer as like the foundations of getting things set. If you already have those things covered off on, or you're feeling like, you know what, I know those are really important, but hey, I've heard so much great stuff about insurance here today. I really want to get connected with Aaron and have these insurance conversations, see how I can simplify my life, reduce the amount of uh, reduce the amount of overhead that I'm having to cover from insurance in both time and money, and be able to streamline that relationship through somebody I can trust that's on my side as a quarterback for me to make sure I'm getting all the best rates, all the best coverage, and I'm not getting underinsured or overinsured with anything that I'm doing. That's Aaron, and I think that. We we have that here in the chat. And what we'd like everybody to do, if you guys can, here on this call before you get off this call, what I'd like everybody to do before you have this call is go to uh, that link that we have here um, is either on the financial freedom calculator and grabbing that tool. Uh, but Liz, if you can pop into the chat here to our insurance quiz or Aaron or Les into the insurance quiz. This insurance quiz is the number one thing to fill out to have a conversation about insurance. It's the basic information for us to, to suss out who, what's going on with this person before they get on the call. So before we ever get on the call with you, when we look at that information, we have an internal strategy meeting that says, what's going to be, what do we think this is going to be appropriate for this person? So we pre-plan and pre-think about what is somebody like this person likely going to need. This is a best practices approach, right? We can look at that key information and ask ourselves in the database of clients that we've looked at, what seems to be the best practices and approaches of 2000 real estate investors for their insurance needs. That information tells us, hey, it looks like it's here. This is what insurance investors that we respect, that we think are doing a great job, that are killing it on their financial freedom calculator. These are what the smart people are doing. And that's why we're able to help you with that information, benchmark what's appropriate for you right? Not just on an insurance front, but as a real estate investor. And the ways that we do that is getting in uh, to that quiz. So before you get off the call today, it's right there in the chat. It's goroyallegalsolutions.com slash insurance. And that's where you want to access. Go in there and fill out that quiz right now while we're on this call to make sure that you're going to get into the queue there with Aaron to be able to have him help take over these parts of your life, right? Because who wants to be thinking about insurance, when you could be thinking about more deals, or you could be thinking about time with your family, or you could just rest easy knowing, listen, I don't have to think about that. I already did a deep dive strategic meeting with Aaron about it. We went through, we made sure I had all the right coverage. As I go forward in my life and I get more properties or sell more properties, I know I just talked to Aaron and then Aaron takes care of all the rest of it for me. I don't have to go find new agents in different states. I don't have to go find new relationships that I want to go to. That's Aaron's job. It's 
Aaron's job to go find the relationships I want. It's Aaron's job to make sure that I get educated on everything that I need to have happen. And to have that type of support for you at no cost right now, we're not charging anything for Aaron's time and service to be able to do all that for you. All you have to do is go in there and go to royal go.royallegalsolutions.com slash insurance. So that way we can get that appropriate information, start this relationship off on the right foot and get you, get you settled in here really quickly. Now I'll tell you guys, we've gotten insurance quotes back in as little as two hours, right? From, from our providers there, right? So our ability is very responsive to be able to appropriately handle any volume or any type of insurance um, or any type of risks um, that you feel like you have. And I wanna also let you know that at that same token, right? Is that we expect here in the very beginning because we're only gonna have a few clients. Our goal is to be able to make this an exceptional client experience for you, right? Because we're only gonna take in enough people that we can say, hey, we wanna render out an exceptional experience so far. So if you have reached out in the past, please go ahead and fill out that, uh, the, the insurance quiz at go.royallegalsolutions.com slash insurance. Um, and please be in contact with Aaron on whatever needs that you would think that you could come up uh, that we'd say, hey, this, this type of information, these types of uh, analysis would be really critical, I think, for us to have as part of our, ins- our investor meeting um, about insurance in the future. And then make it our job to go source the people for you. Right. I want to introduce the very best people I possibly can into this group. Right. I want to I want to create the strategic recommendations of how all of these pieces uh, link together to make sure that we're all fully covered, um, that we all have all of our risks associated are taken off the table that we possibly can in the most cost efficient way um, and that we're using these 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 insurance policies as investment tools to actually accelerate our path to financial freedom by keeping our expenses down, but also making sure we're keeping those that passive income and that net. Uh, that net that net uh, net worth up. So if you haven't already, go to to that link that Liz has posted in the chat at go.royallegalsolutions.com/insurance. Uh, fill out that quiz, um, and then Aaron will be in touch with you. To uh, Aaron and team will be in touch with you to schedule that initial conversation to get all the information, additional information we're going to need from you to really understand your case holistically and to be able to start giving you some holistic advice uh, from head to toe. Um, on, on what you got going on. And we'll be touching base on here month over month on insurance for everybody. Just so you guys know, this won't be the last call that we have on it. I'm so incredibly bullish on the power of insurance and how do we effectively use it uh, to, to help us um, in our lives and help simplify an area that's so complex that I've, uh, I've, I've made it a point to the team to say, hey, we're going to start covering, we're going to be continually coming back to these topics until we're all insurance experts and make sure that we have that dialed in. Because remember, I had $1.00. My $1 would first go to a good insurance policy. My second dollar would go to a great asset protection plan, right? So insurance is that powerful and that effective uh, for us. 